Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Ainsley Billings. Ainsley is a first-time author hoping to always create new worlds and characters. She is currently studying psychology with the goal of becoming a forensic psychologist. She has always loved reading and writing, and this book is a dream come true for her. When she is not studying or writing, Ainsley enjoys playing with her two golden doodles and watching way too much TV with her family. Welcome to the show, Ainsley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I am so glad to have you listeners. I actually know Ainsley's mom. And so I have heard a ton about Ainsley. So I'm so (laughs) excited to meet her. I mean, I know it's not in real life per se, but to have a chance to talk to her. I'm very excited. Yes, my mom has been pushing me to do this. She's like, you've got to meet Kara. She's so wonderful. You've got to talk to her. So I'm very excited. Yeah, when I saw your book coming out, I'm like, I don't think I've had someone. I mean, I know I'm like, you're kind of like once removed from, you know, your mom. And I'm like, (laughs) I haven't met her mom in real life either. But I'm like, I don't think I've had anybody so close to me get a book published. So yes, bring her on the show. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, I got to get on this podcast. She's doing amazing things. Yes, awesome. Well, we have your lovely bio here. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, so I'm a relatively young writer. Um, I'm 21. And I'm finishing my undergrad this this semester, actually. So I graduate in December. So it's a little bit of a younger author. Um, I have just always loved writing. I had a teacher back in seventh grade that just, she loved writing, and it instilled such a passion for it within me. Um, And I think it just it all took off from there. Yeah. Uh, Did she inspire you as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The book dedication. So the book dedication is to Mrs. Bober. That was my teacher that really just helped me realize that that was a way to just let my feelings be talked about in a safe environment, let myself just kind of go into the writing. Yeah. So that's kind of who I am as a writer. Yeah. I love that. I just was speaking with someone last week and we were talking about how if you could just impact one person in like a situation exactly like your teacher, Mm -hmm. right? If you can inspire one person in this world, like that is, right? Like that's something to hang your hat up on. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, so once that kind of opened the door in seventh grade, have you kind of continuously been writing since then? Yes. So this book, The Offenders, I started freshman year of high school. Wow. Was my original draft and boy, oh boy, was it a rough draft. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so over years and years and years, I've edited, I've added as I've experienced life and Thing, feelings and all sorts of things yeah. um, and to the to the book that's been published now. And that's just, to me, I don't think of books as such a process. I read them in a couple of days, you know, it's sure. just you sit down and you read a book. And so writing it really just taught me some lessons of patience, of just perseverance, just really instilling that continual passion in me. Yeah, I love that. And I will say, listeners, I read The Offenders earlier this month. Well, actually, in October. So I guess we're in November now. And it does not read like a freshman in high school at all. I would never guess that you wrote Thank that. You. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. I, I've 
written multiple drafts. The most recent one, I think, was maybe sophomore year of college. Okay. So two, three years ago. But yeah, yeah the you know, it's just one of those things I just kept coming back to. Yeah. Couldn't get away. Yeah. I'm so impressed that you've been able to do this while doing school as well. Is writing kind of an escape for you? Yes. I would say writing and reading are probably the two biggest escapes for me. Yeah. Um, I write to process. Okay. That's kind of how I deal with just big life experiences, big feelings. Um, and I write to let those things be understood in my own mind. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of my process when I write there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that because I'm thinking again, it, going through college, right? Even high school, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I always did where I, if I knew I had some big project coming up, I'm like, okay, you cannot read any leisure books because I knew that I would be drawn towards my leisure book I was yes. reading versus the textbook. And I'm like, nope, no picking that up until yep. maybe finals were over. Mm -hmm, and then I would mm -hmm. have a couple weeks reprieve to read as many books as I could before I started yes. back up again. Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll have like, I have a couple of books set aside already for finals week. I'm like, okay, you've been waiting all semester. Th those are your reward. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's definitely a, a time management lesson to figure out when you have to do school, when you can read, when you can write. Yeah, it's definitely one of those big life lessons of time management. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I'm working right now with my, I have an eight-year-old. Okay. And we're working right now of like, he tries to hurry to get his work done so then he can go do other things. But then it's, you know, how when you rush through something, it's not always right. done correctly. And so we're like, mm -hmm. well, you need to take your time with this. And even just prioritizing the, you know, tasks he needs to do. It's like, once you finish these things you have to do, then you can go do whatever you want yes. until yes. dinner time or bedtime or whatever, you know, but it's, so we're even working right now on just how to prioritize your tasks by what you need to get done. That's such an important skill. So kudos for you. And that's awesome. I mean, well, we're working on it. It we're is still a work in hey, progress over here. You know here. what? It's there. It's just starting. It's, yes. It's the first step. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this third step to third grade, right? It's they've it's a lot more expectation on yes. the student. Oh, so it's yes. been the perfect avenue to kind of do it. But, you know, it's also like you don't want to let them fail as the parents. So you're like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Right. <laughs> but I want you to start figuring out what you need to do to right. be successful. So now, are you still writing? I am writing. So okay. I have a, just a personal goal to write a book in every genre. And Fun. I haven't decided like which um, genres slash subgenres that's going to end up looking like. Um, I have a book that's done and currently I'm editing it very okay. slowly. Um, yeah. It's a historical fiction book. Mm. That and was then, my favorite genre. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so fun to write. It was such a good one to write. And then this summer I wrote an adult fiction book. Okay. Um, and that was, that was an interesting experience because I kind of went from such a long time of working on this offenders book, which is very young adult based. Yeah. And then just looking at adult fiction and just adult experiences, things like that. That was a very interesting time to write, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I realized? what we haven't done is can you tell us a little bit about the offenders for the listeners that yes, maybe haven't read yes. it yet yeah so the offenders is a ya dystopian kind of sci-fi um book and it follows astra larkin 
who is living on this kind of dystopian planet, Glock. And she basically broke one of the rules of the government. And if they find out, she'll get banished. And she doesn't want to do that. Yep. <laughs> she doesn't really <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> so she teams up with one of her rivals um, to try to help delete this information that she broke the rules to save her and her not, Zach. Um, and it ends up she finds he gets banished she finds out there's actually a healthy thriving planet um and that there's a lot of secrets that her parents and the government have kept from her and the society and she has to kind of uncover all of those things yeah yeah and Ainsley does an excellent job with the world building like I have these visuals in my mind of the worlds that you've created just from how descriptive your text was so it's a really fun book for that thank you yeah it's actually the original like very very original rough draft freshman year those worlds I had a dream funny enough I had a dream and it was like these two competing worlds and a character that was like going between the worlds and that is that was the grounding point wow the story yeah <laughs> like thank you god or whoever sent like, me this okay. dream <laughs> cool i'll take it yeah yes oh how amazing i don't think i've ever had anybody come on and be like i, I dreamt about the world that i wrote about yeah most of my stories are actually just i'll have a very vivid dream and then i'll kind of take a piece of it and i'll use it to write a story yeah that's how i come up with my story ideas I'm so impressed because I do not remember my dreams. Like I maybe remember one dream every like two years and then it's so bizarre, you know, and as most dreams are, I think. But I always think that like, I wish I remembered more of what I was dreaming because sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like laughing and I was like, well, what was going on? Like, Like, what's happening? Why was that funny? I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. My college roommate, we studied abroad together in Rome. Okay. And we shared this bedroom in Rome when we went and she was telling me, she's like, do you know you laugh in your sleep? And I was like, no, but I had never shared a room with anybody. And it's like, I literally had no idea. And then one morning I remember I woke up to like my shoulder shaking, like I was laughing and I like opened one eye and, and her bed was just on the other side of the wall and she was awake and I was like, okay, yeah. I realize I laugh now because I was such in denial that I didn't laugh while I sleep. And apparently I do. So wow, that is actually so interesting. That is crazy. Yeah. So who knows? But I was always a very active like I was I slept walk as a kid and I've taught I've always been told I've talked in my sleep. So I think I'm a very active sleeper. Very active. Yes. But my dreams, not so much. Not so much. Wild. Wild. So it is wild. Um, I will also say that I think you have the prize of also being the youngest published author on the show wow yeah I'm like I don't think I've interviewed anybody that's even close to 21 I mean not saying everybody's like that much older but you you definitely take the the prize on that today well you know I do what I can there we go I'll thank my parents for birthing me later than everyone else (laughs) yes love it okay so now that your book is out and published what do you wish you would have known about yourself that you know now? You know, that is a really great question. I think from just the publishing side of just, I guess when I was writing it, I never really thought about sharing it. I know that seems okay. silly, yeah. but 
you know, I'm just, I was writing it for myself most of the time. Sure. And so I guess when I started publishing, I, it really never hit me that people were going to read my book. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something that I wish I would have tapped into a little bit more while just writing it, while working on the publishing and marketing. It's just accepting that this is a book and people yeah. will read it. Well, you pour your heart and soul into this, right? And then it's like you're opening that part of yourself to Mm -hmm. a reader. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's something I believe very wholeheartedly that every writer leaves a piece of their soul in their book, no matter what kind of book it is. And, you know, I think that's a process to accept and to recognize. Yeah. And as a first time writer, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't really comprehend it. And so that's something I'm going to continue taking with me as I write and as I hopefully publish more is to just recognize the pieces of my own soul that are in these books and to be okay sharing them. Yeah, I imagine that there's fear there, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. I'm really exposing myself right now. Yes, this book, yeah, especially The Offenders was a very, it was a book written in darker times in my personal life just to, it was one of those processing outlets. Yeah. And so when I reread the book this summer after it came out, I just remember I can go back and think about and I can see, yeah. I know exactly what, what I was thinking in certain areas. Yeah. I can see what I was reading. I can see what was going on just based on my writing. And that is just a unique experience. That is unique. Yeah. Wow. What a cool experience though. So that's something I would have gone back and wish I had known. Yeah. I know now. Yeah. Okay. And then what did you learn about yourself through this process? I think I learned about myself personally, kind of going back to what we just talked about, that it's totally okay to share those vulnerabilities. Yeah. And that in most cases, other people share those similar vulnerabilities. Yeah. And that allowing them to be written on a page makes other people feel less alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that was what I. It's interesting because I have that same debate in my own head sometimes. Yeah. I'm podcasting right behind Mm -hmm. the mic is how vulnerable do you want to be? Right. And that is that fear a little bit, but at the same token, you flip it over, right. Of like, I always feel better if I'm going through some trial in my life, right? I always feel better when I hear someone else's story to know that like, you are not the only one that has experienced this trial. Yes. And so it like does flip the coin for you a little bit of like, okay, yes, it is okay. Cause it might touch one person. Right. And like we talked about at the beginning, it's a very, it's, if you could touch one person with your story, whether it be personal or your written fiction story, then you've done something great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I love all of this. I wasn't expecting our conversation to go today, but I <laughs> you know love what? it. We're getting vulnerable and I love we it. We are. I'm, I'm here for it. We are. Well, let's switch gears a little bit though. I want to hear about who you are as a reader. What genres are you drawn towards oh when you read? <laughs> That's a really interesting question, Kara. So <laughs> I will read pretty much any book you put in front of me. Okay. Anything. Does it need a recommendation from a trusted source? Not necessarily. Okay. For the best books, so this is what I do. I will usually find a very fun book that it's just a gut feeling. I just like pick a book from a shelf, pick a Kindle book, something like that, where I'm just like, I don't know, could, couldn't tell you. I'll just sure. read it. 
see what happens. And then I'll pick what I call a palate cleanser book. Okay. Where I know it's recommended. I know it's funny. I know it's sweet. Something that a lot of people enjoy. Um, and I'll read that as kind of like a separation. And then I'll go okay. back to a really random, unique yeah. book. That's kind of how I read. I love that because I feel like you're exploring yourself, yes. right? It, when you're picking up this book and, and I don't usually read the backs of books when they're coming into my life, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. like you're saying, it's from a trusted source or I like the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't even know what this book is about. So it's kind of fun when you go in blind, like yeah, that, you're and like, what well, you're going to experience. It's yeah. You're just like, okay, we're going to read what this person wrote and they poured their heart and soul into this, whatever it is. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. Is, do you yeah. have a go-to genre that you would choose? So this summer, I was very much into hockey romances. Fun. They are getting some clout there on Bookstagram. That's a very niche genre. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I was I was into it. Sports romance. I was like, okay. okay. Currently, I'm kind of working my way through uh, some mafia romances, which okay. is unique in itself. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's a fun ride, just seeing where it goes. I love rom-coms. I just, you know, sweet, fun cartoon yeah. cover books where it's just, you laugh and you have a good time. There's just all sorts of books there. Like you were talking about earlier, like the subgenres, yeah. right? Like these are the subgenres of right. like the big, you know, romantic fiction. And I love some fantasy. Don't get me wrong. I love me some fantasy. But right now I'm kind of sticking to like, yeah. A big trend so far in this year has been just fiction, like real life fiction type of things. Yeah. I guess you said you kind of hold your books mm -hmm. like you have a stack waiting for you when you're done with school yes. here for the semester. Yes, I do. And I usually, usually they're not books that I've been absolutely like waiting for. Usually they're just little books that I find on Kindle Limited or just something I yeah. find um, at Barnes and Nobles, anything like that. They're not like yeah, like the ones you really want to dig into. Yes, something that I can read but put down and focus on schoolwork. Yeah. Because I'm very much, if I start reading a book that I absolutely adore, I will ignore yeah, everything. you get sucked in. <laughs> and read, <laughs> yeah. So I try to find books that I'm able to do yeah. both studying and reading. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you have also been so gracious to prepare a book flight for us today. So can you tell us a little bit how you chose these books? Yes. Okay. So I chose The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab and then Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. And face value, those are very different books. Very different books. One is historical fiction. One is high fantasy. Just a lot of things going on there. Um, the things that I chose about these books was the underlying theme of belonging. Love that. And so in my personal book, in The Offenders, a big theme was just acceptance and belonging. Astra was dealing with accepting her own self, her own mental health issues, but also trying to get accepted with her brother, with the, um, the family on Domhain. Like that was a big, those were big yeah. themes in The Offenders. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, Addie makes a deal and she basically lives for, she doesn't get remembered, basically. She just is immortal. No one remembers her. She lives her life yeah. alone, basically, for like 300 years or something. And she finds then someone who remembers her. 
So The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue is a book about finding acceptance and belonging with the group, with people who understand you, who support you, who lift you up and encourage you. And those are important things to find in friends and family. And I feel like a big part of that is just even being seen, right? Yes. Yes. Being seen in a, in a group setting. Yeah. And that was a big theme I pulled into the offenders on the other side, then a court of silver flames, when you strip away all the the spicy (laughs) scenes, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's really a story about Nesta just accepting herself and who she is. She experienced a lot of trauma in the previous books and, it's like the fifth installment of a long series. Which one it was? Because I've I've only read the first I was not, one so yeah. far. I haven't made my way down the line. So I'm not gonna like spoil it all, but she experiences the trauma in the previous book. And this is a story about just her personal redemption and how she ends up looking at the mirror at the end of the day and accepts and loves the person looking yeah. back. And I think that's such a powerful yeah. thing. You know? I think that's something that a lot of people yep. struggle with in their personal lives. And that's something I took to the offenders when I was writing Astra. It's just how does she accept herself? And I think that's part of the journey of where you're at. I remember feeling that in college, mm-hmm. like, well, who am I? And do I accept myself? Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out where yeah. you fit in the world as a greater whole, right? Like you've kind of detached from your family unit a little bit. Because now you're away at college or, um, but that's a huge part. I feel like of those early twenties is accepting yourself and being vulnerable here on the mic. I think it took me way longer to like finally accept who I was and like, okay, I don't really care what other people think of me. I'm okay. Like this is me and I'm, I'm happy with me. Yeah. Yeah. It does take a lot. It's my, 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 uh, I guess I would say my, overall in the past few years just of college is just that theme of looking in the mirror and accepting the person looking back and just making that person proud making yourself proud of your decisions your language um who you're being who you're being around just those things making yourself proud because the only person at the end of the day that you get to deal with is your own mind right so you better make yourself right exactly (laughs) yes and that was something that i took from both of these books as a huge theme. And I really inputted them into my personal book as I was experiencing those things myself. Yeah. And I think you get more confident too, as you get older, is like you've met enough people and you've been through enough of like creating social circles that you know, you're going to find your people. So I think that's how you can kind of let go a little bit too of like, okay, Mm -hmm. if that person doesn't like me, like, that's fine. Like I will find my people, you know? Yes. Yes. I think that's, an important lesson to learn that it just unfortunately is one of those lessons that takes time and experience. Yes, 100%. Yeah, you don't. And it still burns a little bit when someone doesn't want to be around you. You're like, okay, that still sucks. But (laughs) you're like, oh, bummer. What's wrong? But it's like, nothing's wrong. We're just two different people. And that's completely okay. But, you know, in high school Mm -hmm. and middle school, when you're younger, you know, that's everything. Everyone wants to be accepted. Of course, that's a base human emotion. Um, yeah, but just as you come into your young adult years and experiences that kind of world, you realize that it's not quite important to have everyone like you. You just you want to like yourself and find other people that like you yes. for you. Yeah, I remember my dad, he would always tell me, he's like, you know, if you can count your good friends on one hand, consider yourself the luckiest person alive. 
And I'm like, you know, and he was telling me this when I was, I think early college. So I still had like my high school friends. I still had my college friends. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. hundreds of friends. Right. And now that we move around with the military, right. And I, you realize who are going to maintain being your close friends. It doesn't mean something happened with these other people, but once you move away and you become a long distance friendship, that even changes the dynamic, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That military lifestyle is quite yeah. unique. Yeah. I think I think I learned those lessons from reading stories like these. Um, but also just because of that lifestyle, you know, you're not in one place growing up with the same people until you yeah. graduate. You're constantly changing. You're constantly moving. Things look different all yeah. the time. For you as a kid growing up with that, how many times have you moved in your young life? Um, I think I've moved eight or nine wow. times. Yeah, round, right yeah. around there. Um, and sometimes it was back to the same place. Sometimes it wasn't. But it was definitely a unique experience. Yeah, and I was going <laughs> to say for you, like I'm coming at this from an adult perspective, right? But for you, and like you said, like in those middle school and high school years when being accepted is everything and you're going in and out of – cities or schools or moving that's really challenging yeah it definitely taught me the lesson of just how to make friends yeah. fast and just it taught me the lesson of how to be bold mm-hmm. in you know when you're constantly in a new environment I see and this is from my personal experience with my sibling and I you can either choose to just jump into that new environment make the new friends just be in that neighborhood or you can just sometimes it takes a little longer to adjust and that's totally fine that's just that's how some people are wired um but it's just it's such a quick pace that eventually as you take long enough to adjust then you're changing again and again and again it's just there's kind of two different people when you grow up in the military and one's going to just adapt like this and one's going to take a little bit of longer time that's okay. Yeah. And like you yeah. said, you know, it's like, you never know, you could be leaving two years down the road. So you're like, well, I'm going to make friends quick to like make this at least, you know, yeah. uh, to me, yeah. I always like if I have a community or have some friends that helps me feel grounded in the place that we're living. Yeah. I think that's something else that drew me to specifically these two books as well is like, we kind of c- talked about just like being in a group, being that found family. I love the found yeah. family trope. Um, I mean, it's just so pure of heart. And these people from all sorts of different lifestyles, experiences, ages, just religions, all sorts of things, just coming together and just saying, hey, we are a cohesive unit and we're going to stand together. And I think that's such a beautiful way to tell a story. And that's one of the big things I loved about writing my personal story and reading Silver Flames and Into the Life of Abigail, for sure. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for bringing these these books with you today they are of yeah i've read the first one i've read the invisible life of Addie larue okay, and i loved okay. it as well it's just and it really transports you through the story um another great yes. one for kind of imagining yourself in her shoes yes i love i love anything by b schwab yeah, i haven't read the other so. one that it's skipping the title skipping my mind right now um i know that they have something there's a conjuring there's like a magic okay. book maybe there's a villains duology book which is okay very good i have to say 
that one's very good. Yeah, there's a couple like fa- fantasy magic books, which are excellent. Okay. All right. Well, listeners, there's a yeah. couple more for you. Um, yeah, there you one go. other question I had, though, is I feel like it's been a bit since we've talked about some fantasy books on here. So can you explain to us really quick about what high fantasy is? High fantasy. Yeah. So at least from my personal understanding, it's a little bit more than just like dragons and castles okay. and swords. It's like fae um, with some of them have powers, Some of them don't necessarily have powers, but it's more of this intricate world. Okay. So Sarah J. Moss's high fantasy series is a great example okay. of that where there's a human world, but then there's the fae world and there's like a barrier um, and all the fae have certain things about them. They're all like, you know, super magic, super pretty. They have these ears, like kind of like elves, like magic sure. elves, okay. basically. It's how I think of them. And please don't come at me, people, because someone might have a different idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how yeah. I think of them. Um, yeah. And it's more of like this realm entity. I also think when I think of high fantasy, I think of just more adult okay. things. Just not quite you know not like a little cute fantasy book for middle schoolers it's more of an adult more adult scenes okay. like relationship wise just themes emotions adult okay feelings. yeah all right well thank you because i know we talked about i think way back i think episode four okay. if i remember correctly was our fantasy episode and my friend okay. that came on we talked about low fantasy versus high fantasy a little bit but i'm like you know it's been a long time since we've talked about that so yeah, just in yeah. case the listeners, you know, <laughs> listening are wondering. So <laughs> that's what I would say it is. Um, I'm sure there's some definition there out there. We won't hold you to it. Don't worry. <laughs> that's my, that's awesome. my <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. How I love to end our yeah. show is with our bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions here. So mm, where is okay. your favorite place to read? Favorite place to read? Honestly, probably on my couch, curled up with my yeah. little dog. Love that. Yeah. My dog likes to read with me. So that's a great time. Our he, our little fur babies are great companions for reading, especially when yes. it gets cold. Yes. Keep my feet warm. Right. I'm like, you can mm-hmm. sit right there. <laughs> All right. What is one book you've read that has changed your life? One book that's changed my life. Honestly anything by Megan Quinn. She's a rom-com author and I'm absolutely obsessed with her writing. I, she just has the funniest, most lighthearted books, but they also will just make you cry. And it's just, it, she gives every single emotion in her books and it's just, it's perfection every single time. And I will go to my grave loving Megan Quinn. Oh, Quinn's. I haven't heard of her. This is a new to me author. So thank you for sharing that. There you go. Because I there do love go. a book that makes me feel all the feels. Yes, it's wonderful. So my husband will look over sometimes and he's like, I'm like, yes, I'm crying. I'm crying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just let it be. Just let it be. It's fine. Yep. Okay. And then are you a rereader? I have been. I Very, very specific okay. books. Like maybe out of every month maybe like one okay. every month all right but not 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 a serial okay. reader love it yeah. and then lastly i'm dying to know ever since you've messaged what the stack of books you have waiting for you is what are you reading next 
what am I reading next? So I actually have a trip here after okay. Thanksgiving. And I will be reading Book Lovers by oh, Emily Henry. <laughs> I've read all of her other books, but I've been saving Book Lovers all semester. So Yay. I'm ready. I'm ready to That's like that. the perfect yeah. book to just start off your Christmas break. Yes. I'm so excited. It's been sitting on my desk almost the entire semester. And like every time I'm like, oh, this semester's so long. I'm like, you get to read yes. that book. <laughs> Yes, a good treat at the end. Well, and then last question here is, so for the listeners, if they want to start following your journey as an author, where can we find you? Yes. Yes. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Ains underscore the underscore author. So Ains, A-I-N-S listeners. Okay. Underscore author, you said? The. Okay. And then underscore author. Okay. And I'll have that in the show notes as well. So you can always click that and you can click the link. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to follow along on your journey. Yes. I'll be starting to post more frequently after the semester. It just, it's a lot to read, write, and try to market. Understandably so. so. I'll get there. (laughs) No, please you do finish college, finish out strong. That is important. Right. Right. Yeah. But well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having this show and just being such a lovely You're human. welcome. Yes, so it was. I know your time is precious. So I appreciate all that you've given me today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today with Ainsley Billings and her book flight on acceptance and belonging in books. We'd love to hear what other books you'd pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at bookishflights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time. Oh,